0: Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future.
1: I'm doing my part.
0: I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part.
1: I'm doing my part too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Hype Man Out of Heaven bonus features episode three. We're going to talk about a classic Starship Troopers today. We have us with us, Brandon. Say hello. Hi, man. We have Kyle. You're all bud. There's Kyle. Unfortunately, Ryan is not with us today. Uh, he has some uh, stuff going on. We wish him the best, obviously. So today we have our good friend Prince. How's it going, Prince? Thank you, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Nana, no, no, it's great. Man. Uh, different. Nice different opinion, different voice. So, uh, yeah, Starship Troopers, uh, a film that we have all seen. Uh, apart from Prince, which I think is very interesting because me and Carl Brandon, like once I grew up in this film, but we saw this film as kids. We should not. have. It's not a you know,
1: kid-friendly film. Well, he has seen it, otherwise he wouldn't be doing this episode. What you mean uh, is course, he's yeah. before doing this. He's never seen the film before, so yeah, it'd be yeah, an interesting non-fanboying perspective from the usual yeah. shit that goes on here.
0: As a, as a kid, I guess I'd say, I loved this film, thought it was amazing. To me, I played a load of StarCraft when I was younger, so this film to me was just StarCraft the movie. And as I grew up, I realised this film sort of sucks. But then in recent years, I've grown around to it, which is something I guess we'll discuss. The plot, anyway. Star Trek Troopers is a 1997 American military science fiction film filmed directed by Paul Verhoeven, written by Edward Neumeier, based on the Robert A. Heinlein's 1950 novel of the same name. The story follows a young soldier named Johnny Rico and his experts in the mobile infantry, a futuristic unit against the backdrop of an interstellar war between mankind and an insectoid species known as the Arachnids. Every day, federal scientists are looking
1: for new ways to kill bugs. Your basic Arachnid warrior isn't too smart, but you can blow off a limb... <laughs> Still 86% combat effective. Here's a tip. Aim for the nerve stem and put it down for good.
0: Would you like to know more? What do we I think? think? Well, What's, uh... I think
1: I think me and Brandon kind of grew up with the TV series more than the film itself, which eventually led us on to, well, led me to eventually watch the film anyway. I know you weren't a fan of it, were you really, Brandon?
2: I kind of, we watched it when we were younger, and I think I, I had the same sort of reflections. It was, I think, themes, obviously, politically, are very adult in nature. So I think that's probably what wasn't there for me when I was a kid, obviously. More it was the action and the CGI and just another, another sci-fi shooter. Um, but I went to see it in Leeds when I lived there a few years ago, uh, a place called the High Park Picture House. For anyone that lives in Leeds, um, you can go there and watch movies. And yeah, it, does, it actually is a lot better on, on, a, on a second or third watch.
1: I think it's one of those films you definitely kind of go back and appreciate it a lot more. Because I think, uh, like Caleb said, I think it was so critically panned when it first came out. Because it kind of released in the era of, you know, action movies. It just had, like every other film, with Steven Seagal karate chopping someone in the neck. So when they took yeah. it like face value as an action film, it is a bit stupid, but when you go it back and watch goofy. it and realise it is like a political satire film. Realise
0: how, like, growing up you realise this point. But again, we all saw it when we were younger and, you know, it had violent spaceship, lasers, casual nudity. So It's yeah, yeah, everything think, you have yeah, ever want. Or you know? never. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Prince, what mm-hmm. did you? you think with your fresh, non-viewed <laughs> perspective? That is what I want to know, because obviously it, it's different. It's, it's not the same as us.
3: My fresh view. Okay. Well, to be fair, when when you guys asked me to watch it, all I knew about the movie was the name. Um, I kind of purposely went in not watching the trailer, researching it, knowing who's in it. So each time I saw an actor which I was well familiar with, right, uh, recurrently was a surprise to me. For example, Neil Patrick Harris. I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, I didn't realize
0: um, it later on. Oh, it's that guy again.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, but because I didn't know anything about it, I didn't really have any sort of uh, preconceptions about it either. So I was trying to figure out the movie is about where it takes itself seriously, where it doesn't. And about like 20, 30 minutes into the movie, like, ah, so that's what this is. And it, it definitely grows on you. Because at first, it's definitely a parody. You can tell it's a parody. It banks on the satire it's built on. But as you glide towards the the storyline, which is, it shows, it reads like a like a B-movie, right? It, it, yeah. Yeah. It, that's... It, sings, it sings like a B-movie. But the satire with, within it, like the ads, like, I'm sure we'll talk about the yeah, ads. I like no more. Because they, they play
0: such an intriguing part in the movie. They're like, they are, they're like you know, used as um, scene cuts, aren't they? Where it's like, you know, to the next scene, but here, and add them out the military. Oh,
3: they do station together. I think that's kind of the crux of it. And I, I think those are very interesting to kind of pull apart if you wanted to. But if you don't take the movie very seriously, I think it's a very great popcorn movie. But if you do know your stuff, if you do know what it's inspired from and what it has inspired to go on in the future into the early two thousands, I think it's I think it's a very interesting piece of media. But very interesting. Um... I, I think you're right. I would definitely
2: agree with that. It's, it's got like a lot of obviously like links to totalitarianism and like I think we've we, before we started recording we all talked about how the uniforms liken to see it's, it's uniform. I think in different. Yeah, Neil
0: Patrick turns up with the proper windbreaker sort of thing and the hat, and I literally wrote down he looks like a Nazi, and I didn't realise that was done on purpose. Now,
2: <laughs> but e- but even that kind of like
0: you know that kind of satire or the or the parody of America, I think. It's... It plays on that kind of like imperialism and
2: you know, dominance of the West, like, yeah. quite,
0: quite a lot. Jingoism, um, of uh, sort of like super patriotic Americans. What Americans? Well, it's like the world's federal force, but it's American, um, you know, fighting
1: good. I almost sounds like Escape from Atlanta, way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Similar yeah. sort of topic, oh, I, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. not so, so much um, a theocracy, but definitely more, you know, I mean, totalitarianism.
0: I've got sort of like you know we write notes for the general sort of like film itself, and obviously it starts out and it's got the big war, and then you go to the American high school and they're all there and they're playing that like rugby game or whatever that is like space rugby. I don't know, but it's all like very American high school, very hoorah. And then um, there's a bit Rico says to his dad He's doing the military And his dad even says There should be a law Against using the school As a recruiting station Which is Yeah that happens all the time now You know guys going Rear you're here
1: With the army fella here.
0: And the first part of the film Was just them in a school In like a very Standard American high school And then um, Although oh, the one thing camp. I
2: did know In the American Like the, the, the futuristic oh, American futuristic. football Like human beings Have evolved to have This next level ability To just like Jump into the air And do mad somersaults
3: <laughs> Yeah But,
1: but around on stage Like Mick Jagger Yeah
3: <laughs> But I think speaking to what kind of what you guys are saying, how, how it kinda of sets the movie because it's such a parody, the imperialism. I think at the right at the beginning of the movie it talks about the supreme authority and you know it starts with a morality lecture about the end all and be all when it comes to the supreme authority. But oh, it hits right. all those tropes that would get those kind of people interested, because it it knows his audience is at the same time making fun of that audience at the same time if 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 I'm correct in saying because it's got that trope of, yes, you fight for your country. It's got the beautiful girlfriend. It's got the handsome but dumb jock. You know, it's got this... I key... was thinking that. It's like, the, like three
2: the three things that kind of resonated with me from the very first bit where they're, like, like you say, Prince, where they're talking about like politics and supreme authority. It's They reference the failure of democracy, veterans taking over, and almost mm-hmm. like this kind of like, this curriculum of indoctrination, which again yeah. made me think of two things. It made me think of like Nazi Germany, and indoctrination, but it also made me think of and, like, the right wing of the
0: of the modern day. Sort of military, sort of like, you know, I guess we've gone nuts and sort of super pro-military people and, like, you know, I fight for the flag and it's like that now. Certainly, I, I don't know what Prince said as well. I didn't really realise it's like, you mentioned that the dumb job, but you literally got, like, the high school guy with a hot girlfriend and he goes, you know, if he wins the sports day, he wins the American football thing, he goes off to the military and they shoot an alien, banging hot chicks. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, as the entire film isn't specifically portrayed as like a propaganda film overall, it's in the little bits of propaganda things, but at the same time it sort of is. And obviously Rico, he's a good looking young, I think all the actors are in their late 20s at the time, you know, but like, which is nothing thing I know, about half down. The <coughs> guy who's like, he's like, not the antagonist, but the other guy who starts dating his girlfriend afterwards. But like think well, they characters?
1: ever explicitly date, though, do they? Like, they don't no, actually, they, don't, they don't. I think they just work to... together, you know? Yeah, he's actually trying to use are. that as leverage, but yeah, I don't think it's ever established. <laughs> it's quite yeah, funny, but, um... though, like, you know, on the subject of that, because the nude scenes that were in the film, <laughs> the actors and actresses in that particular scene, they uh, they weren't comfortable doing it unless the director himself, I think Paul Verhoeven, was actually naked as well. <laughs> Bit of random <laughs> right, trivia, but that? yeah. Filming is
3: it is the... That bold and sounding. Yeah, here we are, yeah.
1: Two nude scenes were kept in the original version, although these were modified in the broadcast version. The cast agreed to do the co-ed shower scene. Oh, it's the scene where they're all naked in the shower. Yeah. The cast agreed to do the scene, only if Verhoeven himself was naked as well. But he made it. He made a very good statement that Americans get more upset about nudity than they do about ultra violence. That is quite funny though, because that still rings true today. One, yeah.
2: one, one thing that I found very interesting when and I know we're jumping around in terms of the plot a little bit, but it was a little bit further on in the plot, like maybe kind of like two thirds of the way through when they the asteroid blows up. Um, what's the place called again? Buenos Aires. Um, and you know, like they go to this, they go to this new planet to like take them out. After that, they talk about like the you know, the propaganda videos where it's like, oh, a hundred thousand soldiers dead, in one hour. Yeah. And then it pans off to, like, a, a reporter who talks about human dominance over the galaxy and that the arachne are acting out of, like, self-defense because of human dominance
0: over the galaxy, which, again, is interesting when you think about the
2: concept of... Yeah, you know, like,
0: especially, like, pre history like, I guess colonialism as well, if you're going to get, like, that out, so you know, this year, like, hey, we're evading we're the universe and they're defending themselves.
1: It's just jingoism, it. isn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I add what
3: Brandon has said, and it, I think there's a reason why the opposing enemy they chose was an arachnoid alien, because I think there's definitely parallels to you know the threat to America they were linking to. But if you make it a a mindless beast-looking creature, it's easy to kind of not empathize with it. It's easy to not uh, sympathize yeah, just... with mm-hmm. it. They're invading their world, and of course it's the right thing to do because they're bugs and they they're not human. They're not us, basically. They don't look like us, they don't talk like us. So I think that's a nice little parallel, but to make them ants or bugs or whatever. It's easier to not see that, I guess.
0: Here's a bunch of MI kids that looked like they could eat bugs for lunch. Uh, yum, yum, yum. So, Trooper, you're not too worried about fighting the
1: arachnids?
3: Hey, shoot a nuke down a bug hole, you got a lot of dead bugs. Now, I just right?
1: hope it's not over before we get some. <laughs> some say the bugs were provoked by the intrusion of humans into their natural habitat. That a live and let live policy is preferable to war with the bugs. Let me tell you something. I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say kill them all. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Yeah!
3: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if they did that for a reason, or I'm, I'm reading too much
0: into it, but yeah. I mean, I was always going down, it's just an easy sort of enemy, but um, the one with the zerg again, Starcraft. I mean, like on uh, my early sort of notes, where again, with the boot camp, I mean, this scene is sort of sets sort up of, the entire, sort of how the film's going to go with how uh, what's him, Clancy Brown, and it's like, you know, a hard and hard-ass, you know, like, you starts sons of bitches, you know, and when he, um, when he breaks that guy's arm, and he oh. throws the knife as well into that guy's hand, you know, he's he's like a bias. Um, I didn't recognise him at first, but then I remembered him from uh, the become human as um I forget the detective's name, but the thing was I forgot to mention is um, he voices Mr Claps and SpongeBob, which no is way. Uh, yeah yeah oh,
1: things Mr. to pick Krabs. up on. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was like, oh okay, there we go. But um, yeah, I mentioned the Sour shower scene as well because obviously you know in this film not seeing really have today, but possibly in the future like men and women in the military, which is something you don't have now and then they've got the the shower scene as well with the birth and shower together. oh that's super progressive we're not going to you know we're not going to be sexist about whatever but then there's a bit which i noticed is woman when they're trying to be oh what did you join the military What did you join this this one woman says oh i want to have kids in the future it's like easier to get a permit if you've served it's like oh man you like, you're super progressive traveling at multiple showers but if you want to have kids you've got to get a permit it's like it's, damn, that it, is it, pretty fascist it's, it's one that. of
2: the constant <laughs> things that goes on throughout the whole film um is that idea of like getting citizenship like, I think it's yeah, one referenced in every single, yeah, it's always like, oh, to become a citizen, to be a citizen of the Federation, you should also join the forces. And it's like this easy way or like they're almost coerced into joining these, these like fancy pants, like, you know, Federation army and as a means to live a normal life,
1: maybe.
0: Whatever a normal yeah, life would be within that context. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. it's military world.
1: I think this is one of those films that actually does it quite well, though, in a roundabout way. Like, I mean, if you look at the points that, like, Ryan was making when it comes to, like, Escape from New York and Escape from LA, they had, like, that exposition at the beginning that kind of fleshed the world out a bit. But then Mm -hmm. I think we agreed for both films that the problem was there wasn't enough of that. Whereas with Starship Troopers, if anything, they've got too much of that. (laughs) Yeah. But it works to the film's credit. Like, all the constant, like, you know, would you like to know more? And adverts that kind of pop in and out, like, you know, throughout the film. It does uh, kind of add that layer of, like, building up, like, I don't want to say the law, but, like, you know, like, the kind of yeah, building the yeah. world it's kind of presented within. It does do that very well.
0: Right well, now, like, um, obviously, this sets up all the characters when they go to boot cam as well, because Rico goes off to um, the Mobile Infantry, his girlfriend goes off. I can't remember her name in the film. It was in the eye, isn't it?
1: Carmen.
2: Carmen, uh, yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember doing but she goes off to go join the, I guess, logistics team. And then it all sets up the characters. That girl Dizzy essentially follows him, like simps that hard and that she joins the mobile infantry. And um yeah, it isn't until they have all this hard ass training. And then they all after Buenos Aires gets uh, destroyed, it's okay, it's on. You know, it's on. They're all, they're gonna join the military. Rico after a, a hiccup um is re enrolled back in. not re enrolled, is you know, that's that sort of cancelled. And then they bet sent off to war. And I think that's when the film's like, okay, na- now you now no, we've got all this setup done super sort of military industrial complex, super America who are jingoistic, the Federation. Now this is where they made the film. Actually, that's where the film starts, isn't it? It goes up like one year earlier and then, then it starts. Yeah, it does, um, yeah. And to put in capital letters, I just put Big <clears> War, Glorified Splatterfest, 10 out of 10. Because <laughs> we said earlier, the sea joy holds it really, really well. Like, it's really right, good, good? Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's one it's of the first films really... where practical effects weren't used, but it was... Blue were one of the oh, first films, but it's a strong yeah, example of you know them, CGI working very, very well. It's, and it's they did use that. practical effects in this as well, you know?
0: Yeah, I've voted that
2: down the bottom.
1: Well the <laughs> um, and you know I would
2: I would agree in, in some respects. I think the the gore side of it, yeah. But like I think we the actual aliens themselves are sort of like a war. Yeah, an underwhelming anime. And you get the giant ones and they're shooting all the you know the blue poo into the sky.
3: And it's just, <laughs> like, yeah, the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I, mean, I didn't see it like that, but it technically is blue poo, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the shit of the, nuts, the I don't pow. know
1: that scene where the girl lost her arm with the napalm that comes out of his mouth. Man, that, oh. that made me. That actually made me shudder. I was like, oh it, fuck! Oh, I oh.
3: mean, to be fair, after since we're at that point, it definitely changes tone as soon as they land on the alien planet, the insect planet. I don't know what, what it's called again, but <laughs> I don't know if it's right in me using that term, Kyle. But it becomes very horror, I would say, or horror esque hmm? when it does when they do land on the planet planet because I'd as say, you say stuff like that happens more, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I'd say more body horror, but yeah, like, you know, really, really showcases all the gore and
0: I oh, think you're right though. Do you know I what I mean? I'm it kind really of puts right. a
1: bit too much of it in your face, to be fair. It's almost like a David Cronenberg film. Does it changes, it fly,
2: definitely changes. I think there's a it- change in tone in it as well. I think it's quite a. It's got that kind of '80s like B movie vibe. I think che- cheesy sort of like humour. Mm-hmm. And then even up to the point before they land, you know, when they get the cheesy tattoos, and they're all like, <laughs>
0: "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, like
2: proper jarheads, like and then jar- like, giants <laughs> completely. Completely changes tone from like that to 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 very quite serious and like dark, you know, like when everyone's getting chewed apart and that guy gets
0: ripped to shreds and you know proper slammed down. Yeah,
1: it did. uh, Completely off topic, Brandon. You'd probably be able to relate to it because I made you watch it enough as a kid. But then he kind of reminded me of the Colonial Marines from Aliens as well. I just couldn't shake that vibe when I was watching it. I was like, they're so similar to the Colonial Marines. You've got to wonder whether Paul Verhoeven took inspiration from Aliens when he was directing this as well. Is there all that oorah, you know, Yeah, with the biggest, oorah, baddest fighting force cool. in the galaxy and then they finally come up against the xenomorphs and then that's it, game over, and he. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.
0: I think what sort of shows, same with the shift in tone, obviously the entire like first half an hour, I would say, is about you know setting up the characters and who they are and what's going on. But then it's quite weird for the middle bit. For like the next 20, 30 minutes, I don't really have any notes because the film does literally, it's a splatterfest of explosions and gore and whatnot. Not much really happens. And it's sort of back and forth. They have an invasion. It's not very, they like 100,000 dead. And it has another one of those other propaganda films. Um, and then there's a bit of like a refresh in sort of like a, a reshuffle in who's in command and whatnot. That's the thing as on. Well. This is the thing that's weird. So before they go, or when they're on the way to this invasion, Rika's girlfriend breaks up with them because they're too far apart. Light years apart um and whatever and that girl dizzy who effectively followed him um because you know, she won't know much uh um, they start developing a relationship and the bit that sort of got to me is that like i think it's really fun that like he's like i prefer entertainment and i promise you booze here's the booze here's the entertainment enjoy yourself that's an order and rico like dizzy i'm not sure who the actress he plays it's she's very attractive dina myers i think there we go yeah it's nice <laughs> um, i only know because
3: she's my favorite character in the movie
0: like oh <laughs> I remember. Oh, you're not going to, like, the next ten minutes, then. Um, well, the next <laughs> five minutes, pretty good. And the five minutes after that, not so good. But, yeah, and she's all like, oh, he's like, nah, not interested. Like, Dude, just go with it, man. Like, you know, this girl's interested in you, yeah, and she's pretty attractive, and, yeah. And then, like, he's like, nah, too. Oh, okay, yeah, let's go. And then, but it's just such a change in, like, they sort of develop relationships and just cut them off with several characters pretty quickly. Can I just ask, though, and this book
3: could be up to all of you, because yeah. I don't know if the movie's... Intentionally or unintentionally funny, is so, uh, like going back to what? Brandon, <laughs> I mean,
0: that's the big question for the film. <laughs> but
3: it's like going back to what Brandon said earlier, right? And what we're kind of building on is this building the first bit of the movie. It's very it grounds you in this world first, makes you believe in the world first, right? And that dumb jock. But like the lines, it, the, the lines that sometimes are delivered. I don't know. It's because the movie is intending to be funny, or because it's stuck in that 90, late '90s era of dialogue. For example, when when Rico says, I don't know if you remember this, he says to Carmen, I love you. Say it once. Try out precise. Because she's refused.
0: It was just, I don't know, I felt just like, I mean, it's based on the book. I've never read the book. And I've heard the book is sort of the opposite. It's quite glorifies war, with this takes a piss out of war. I'm not sure how they develop the relationships in that. But yeah, it just, you're not wrong in that. That is a very sort of like nineties trope, I think, of like this weird pseudo sort of like romantic arc that is there, but overall the dialogue they're using doesn't really work for it. It's a bit off.
2: It does try and shoehorn in relationships for the sake of relationships. Yeah, I think like the whole the whole like couldn't give I couldn't give two craps or shit about Carmen <laughs> and Rico's like long last love. I was much more of a, <laughs> a shit the other two much more just because
0: like just so
2: nauseated, and then she like, just get
0: yeah. So yeah, they go to like a, a fortress next day and then it turns out it was a trap because the bugs aren't stupid. They lured them there. And it's a defend... I'll put it literally defend your castle here because if you can defend your castle and again, Starcraft, there were loads of maps based on this. That like we played the theme song every forty-five seconds. So I've heard it a trillion times. But yeah, and then Dizzy's character gets stabbed by a and then she one dies in the ship. And Rico's all like, "Oh no!" And he's like, "Really upset." He's like, "Yeah, it's your friend. Obviously, gonna be upset." But it's like, you know, this was sort of like your half girlfriend who literally, less than twenty-four hours ago you had no interest in sort of being with, and it's still a friend, so it's still tragic for you.
1: Yeah, but again, I don't know if they ever established that they were that, they were that far in. I mean... We literally I, just kind of caved into pressure and pulled top once, and that was it, you know, and then it all... Was, it
2: was, it was, <laughs> you say that, but like... It was it was very unre- I mean, it's obvious that like she had the hearts from him from the start, right? But like, oh, when, yeah. they're, when yeah. they're about to when they're about to fondue and do the deed, she's like,
1: "I love you, Rico," and he's just yeah, there, like, that was oh, weird. Oh. <laughs>
2: That's
1: what I mean. Yeah, he doesn't really respond <laughs> it back, does
2: yeah. he? It's like ah, oh, too. <laughs> and then fucking uh, Michael Ironside comes in and he's like, "Be ready in 10. and then he sees she's oh, in, the, in the tent, and then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: "That guy is that such bro. a <laughs> classic." Kind of icon of old cinema, man. Everything <clears> from <throat> scanners to bleeding total recall. Even Sam Fisher, Splinter Cell, like you mentioned earlier. <laughs> that guy's got a Decade-spanning career, man. Fuck, I'd love to meet the guy, you know? Well, speaking
3: of stupid, how did you guys react? You know when they were uh, speaking around the same place where people are dying? I've written my notes. Random reporter in active war zone, in off. What the fuck? Cameraman
0: is a crazy lad. Do you remember that scene where... Nah, lad. Yeah, he's still God. recording non-stop. And he's still
1: recording. He's just he... clean half, yeah. 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 He's still... I saw he's... that in the
0: comments he's... when I was looking at this. He does not give a shit. Because
3: you see the scene all like, later on, and you see where the cameraman is from a different person's point of view. And there's a person being right, eaten right in front of him or being spit in half right in front of him. And instead of running away, he's there right next to the thing recording. And then he's surprised that he's somehow getting eaten. Like, why? He's, he's, he's got to get his
0: Twitch streams, man. He's got to get his Twitch subscribers on. So, you know, he's got to get it's, the action. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's long. Really too strong.
1: Follow, you know?
3: Stuff so like maybe. that, I just didn't understand. I like, it's a step of Is it for humour? Or is this just it's just a 90s thing? I don't, I don't, I don't know.
1: I think it was kind of an extension of like the whole satire of the military industrial complex in America, you know? 'Cause look yeah. you look at the war on terror and like the Afghan war and stuff like that. Even World War Two, you had like wartime photographers there at the neck front of the action. It's kind of a parody of that in a way, that's how I took it. It's it like, like extension. I think, I
2: think that, 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 that kind of is almost ironic, I think, because yeah you the purpose of say like war journalists back in uh, back in World War Two or Vietnam or any any conflict really is to shine a light on the truth. Yeah. Whereas it feels like a lot of the camera footage used to reinforce the kind of false propaganda this that mm-hmm. they're trying that, that they're trying to portray about the Arachnoids being the baddies.
0: I mean I like it sort of not ties in I guess like so Yeah this capture and then they have a funeral for and obviously this mention about all the people dying Dizzy gets this really over-the-top nice funeral and a speech and a gunfire salute. And earlier it said that 100,000 people died. Yet yeah, she gets this really nice individual funeral. And maybe Rico put it forward. I don't know. I'm looking too much into it. Because it's more but they yeah. actually
1: had her remains was a military funeral as opposed to... Right. What What I did not understand, though,
0: was, was why
2: they marked Rico as KIA. And then within 30 seconds, he's in some tube getting healed.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just like it's it, it's it's plot device to make Carmen be like, oh
1: my god! Yeah, he's dead. that's he's exactly what it around. is. It, it's yeah, it's yeah, plot device to make the two love interests be like, huh? if you're alive.
0: You... I mean, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, this character whose name I've forgotten, I'm just going to keep calling him that anyway, turns up. Uh, but yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is dressed as a Nazi, um, and that yeah. just sort of keeps going on. And that's something I read a lot when doing bits on this film and the comments and videos and stuff. The main it is a lot of fighting aliens back to the ship or back to the base for exposition fighting alien arachnids someone dies and it's just a lot of back and forth but then yeah they're going to fight uh carmen and the other guy's character who i've completely forgot his name crash and meet the big brain bug yeah and then like rico goes on to save her but like so you mentioned what practical effects before the weird like vagina face bug thing with a stick thing that comes out his mouth that's some good effects like you know that's a big horrible goopy spike thing and then it dabs into him um, yeah but, that bit did yeah. make me
1: wince I'm not going to lie the bit yeah, where he's there, exactly. his whole head being sucked out at the top of his like, yeah
0: sucking his brains
1: <laughs> Horrible um,
0: man, but yeah, and then I'm um, glad like I said no, they didn't rely on. I mean, they've had good CGI in this film and they could use CGI for that, but they didn't, uh, you know, they stuck to practical effects.
1: There's a good no argument for this film, easily one of the last examples because they stopped kind of using when CGI really came into the forefront in the early 2000s. I, I'm still a firm believer that we kind of lost part of cinema's grace and charm oh, yeah, when and we got rid of practical effects, well, you know. A good example of that
0: is um, Star Wars Phantom Menace didn't overuse it, but the second one, Attack of the Clone, which was like 2004 use them a lot to the point where even the characters the clone troopers and all that sort of stuff were like even, the CGI
2: I was going to say same here like even more like rec- I guess more recent memory you take like Lord of the Rings and the uruk and the Orcs
0: and uh, that was 2001 was yeah,
2: it? Yeah yeah, yeah. Compared, the- compared to compared to say like The Hobbit where yeah. the use of CGI for the orc alike is much more apparent. I think you're right, there is some precedent for sort of, you know... Practical
1: effects. I'm just trying to think of a film in recent years. that is that a good... The only, the only one, sure one I can really think heard. of as a direct criticism to the original is the remake of The Thing. The problem is, is the practical effects in that are blurred so much that you can't really notice them. And the fact that the aliens are a bit too clean. I didn't mind the prequel, but no. I, mean, I did think it get... kind of missed a bit of the original John Carpenter's thing, you know what I mean? Like, the aliens were a bit too clean. That's what didn't get it for me. But other than that, I genuinely cannot think of a film in recent years where they've really relied on practical effects to really make it believable, you know heroes. what I mean?
0: Always go for your own, uh, that so. But, uh, I mean, yeah, spend
1: but off the... it's easy enough with cars and stuff and explosions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more so, like, you know, a lot of body horror. Like, that's that's always going to be the example of practical effects for me. Films like The Fly, Videodrome, anything by David Cronenberg, basically. Scanners, like we mentioned with Michael Ironside. There's a scene in <laughs> Scanners like where, like, Michael Ironside's literally channeling his kind of mind into another guy's mind. And the guy's visibly struggling. And then it literally pan-shots, and you see the guy's head explode. Everyone knows this scene. <laughs>
0: It was a good mix of like CGI and practical effects because they did use. Like, I think when the brain slug sort of walks in, it is CGI. But when it's close up and with him, it's all practical. It's all like you know. Yeah, you can tell you know,
2: like all, all the all the, sl- the sludge in that. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it was, good. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. It was
2: very disgusting. One, one thing is it weird laugh, though, Where the comedy I think retained was was in those like you know little vignettes of uh of the pro- the propaganda where they're talking about like you know there's the one bit where there's the woman, the two scientists where they're debating whether bugs have brains, and then well, after they've caught the, the vagina giant monster, it. Um, <laughs> It pans like it, like they're shoving something into its, this in it's, it's, it's like this bit says censored it. and it's like no is no. like poor brainwood
0: <laughs> yeah I mean it's sort of weird because that's how the film is like it's like a finale it's a pretty unremarkable finale I guess and that they just save karma and they all leave and then the brainwood gets captured Neil Patrick Harris again dressed as a Nazi holds it and like he caused fear and they're like yeah and then it's like this is the day the war changed. And then it pans to another um, propaganda piece of, like, we need people like you to sound today, like RICO, uh, like Corpor- Corporal in the Mobile Infantry. they like, you want to live forever? Or Carmen, whatever her name is, find this ship. and say, We need you, and that's a little man.
1: We have the ships. We have the weapons. We need soldiers. Soldiers like Lieutenant Stack Lumbridge. we the target area now, Captain.
0: Captain Carmen Abandez. This
1: is the captain speaking. All personnel in the
0: captain. Soldiers like Private Ace Levy and Lieutenant John Rico. Come
1: on, you You wanna live? forever! We need you all. Service guarantees citizenship.
3: I do agree, though, with the whole anticlimactic thing, because even, like, the whole capturing the bug, the smart bug, that was all done off-screen. The whole fight towards it, like, even that becomes... I don't say muddied. What's the right word for it? It's cheapened somehow, because it's it's done by Rico's uh, training officer. He's done it. Which He's, I do like.
1: Yeah. Rico's Ruffnick's.
2: But then, but then also, like, they say what Rico did to try and save Carmen and the other dude. It was like a capital offence, and capital offences are punishable by hanging. It's like, well, shouldn't he be dead? Based on the idea that this is a totalitarian state
0: as opposed to a free democracy.
3: Mm.
0: Well, sticking, sticking to the Nazis, they had a, they had a policy of, um, as long as you vaguely followed orders and achieve objections, you're allowed to deviate.
1: Not, not to go back to a point, but I've just shared that link watch that scene what I'm on about everyone knows this scene oh, the I
0: know group. the one yeah I'll come back on the um,
3: I remember the gift. for sure but yeah also,
1: uh, yeah you've probably seen it in gift form but yeah that, that scene in scanners it's so well done but that's what I mean by of like, practical effects visible kind of on screen practical effects that are hard to deteriorate from
3: speaking of practical then kind of linking what Brandon said as well like how the movie doesn't listen to its own uh, some, sometimes the movie doesn't listen to its own rules established sort of ground not just with this philosophy and idea Theology, sometimes with even its effects Because uh, Do you guys remember that scene where Carmen and her, her new boy toy Xander oh. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. when, oh. they, when they land in that cave And they're getting attacked and poor Xander He gets his brain sucked out By the way, what a bloody hor- horrible scene But r- greatly done, I, I really enjoyed the, the effects there Where he just sunk <laughs> in I enjoyed that I mean, That's fine so- <laughs> to watch really but then she gets her chest pierced, right? Right here, in like right yeah. in the middle. And then it gets taken out. You would think that big of a hole, you'd bleed. In the dead. lung,
0: probably as well. She's
3: yeah. next, after five minutes, she's there with Rico. Just walking around. She, shooting a blaster, walking around like nothing's happened. And she's there hugging people. What is going on here? Like, I know you shouldn't, you shouldn't take this movie seriously. I know you shouldn't. And I might be nitpicking. But it's like, what is that? Like, do you not even? Unless you're like a main character, you're not a main character. It's a, like, this what?
1: amazing thing they call plot armor. Game you, of Thrones used it way too much in its late
3: seasons. It's quite some incredible plot armor, then. Incredible. I was going
2: to say anything. Anything's possible in film, right? Pretty much.
0: My last line here. So I'll just put like I put. Brian's Predators are good. You want to live forever. And then the last thing I put was that guy voices Mr. Krabs. As I've already mentioned, but I think this is <laughs> funny for my last note. But yeah, so like that's that's the film. And like as I said, when I was younger, I thought it was amazing. When I sort of grew up, I thought this actually sort of sucks. So again later on and I was like, yeah, such a to see it again. Now I thought it was really, really good. It was like I finally, not finally, but over the last couple of years. It sort of will always stand
1: movie. up as a classic. No, no yeah. way about it. Do you know what I mean? It will always think... be one of my all time favorite films, but.
0: Last couple of years, more, I've been more like understanding about sort of politics and sort of like industrial military complex, especially like American military spending and stuff like that. And so I understood it a lot more, uh, sort of the jingoism again, sort of the fascism. And it even says on the wiki about the movie, um, 20th the century human crimes from a space-faring, planet causing people in the Federation, a militaristic neo-fascist body of government, which will offer greater benefits as citizens, granted the military as opposed to civilians, which do not. Um, you know, I wouldn't really understand that when I was younger, but now I do.
1: There was some stuff in the DVD commentary as well where, like, Paul Verhoeven himself actually said, like, the film's main message was that war makes fascists of us all, you know? Yeah. I think that was the main reason he did kind of evoke Nazi Germany, you know, kind of like, what's your man from How many Mother Called? What, he's dressed Magic up House. in another way, he's dressed up like a Waffen SS officer. Yeah, you know, yeah, that um, kind of, yeah. That whole kind of iconography and propaganda.
2: He gave me. It was Joseph. kind of a
1: natural evolution of the United States after World War II. After
0: the, you know, he gave me Joseph Mengele vibes. Not going to
1: yeah. lie.
0: <laughs> I mean, the bit for that says themes on the wiki page. Yeah, the film includes visual allusions to propaganda films such as Why We Fight, Triumph of the Will, and War Newsreels, and symbols of other certain clothing styles of Federation and model on things of the Nazis, windbreaker suits, caps. Um, furthermore, the military officers' uniforms bear striking similarities to those of the Algermine SS. The use of, Na- the use of, of Nat Schimmel for the film's Americanized Heroes for uh, occasional comments. Like, I've certainly been interesting as well, back to the, uh, that guy getting killed by, you know, the, um, the cameraman just recording everything, everyone dying. They wouldn't use that. And in the, I know, like, Trump, the wool and stuff, they would obviously, they just lie to everyone. and be like, oh, yeah, we're doing really well. Like, Nazis did, obviously, lie lied about how well the war was going. Same with Japan as well. Like, sign it after Midway. They got their ass kicked. They claim they won, but they didn't. They lost, like, three carriers. But, yeah, they, propaganda is this film. It's a propaganda piece. They'll use it in the future when we do start doing this shit.
1: I'm just reading a point that kind of correlates to what Prince was saying about having big insects that are hard to relate to, as opposed to a human face. He did actually. Paul Verhoeven <laughs> did actually make a statement about that. He said the Starship Troopers was about having no more enemies as a post-Cold War United States movie. He said, mm-hmm. like you know, making movies that are sort of difficult due to political correctness, but if it's big insects that you can shoot to pieces, no one cares. Um, yeah, it,
3: it, so it is that avoiding feeling empathy, then. That's that yeah, was... yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That, that was kind of the point. kind it of is, like, exactly. you know, the, yeah. imagine America had won every war and had no more enemies left to fight. That's <laughs> the
3: they'd find an enemy in space and go for that. Yeah,
1: basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. But here's I'm... a question, though,
3: um, because the, your big sort of protagonist, right? You, the person that you follow through is Rico. Like, you spend the majority of the movie with him. Yeah, he's the
0: main character.
3: As a character, how do you feel about him?
0: He's nothing because the film, like, although he's the main character and he's the one we follow, arguably the film's overall, it, is, it depends <laughs> how you look at it. If you follow him as the main character of the film, it is a weird action film. Not even weird but it's an action space film with people lasers and aliens. But he's <laughs> not really I think what the film is about, in a way. And that sounds really like you know, oh, 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 look at me, I understand things. But um, yeah, at the same time, I feel that's not correct to say. Like, he is a very placemark character. He's a very, I think it's what you said earlier, Prince, where like, you know, he is like the, the successful jock with the hot girlfriend who joins the military. He is a placeholder for what people...
1: Yeah, he's a direct reflection of like, what almost like kids kind of going to job fairs and talking to the military guy would yeah. end up like.
2: The, is the uh I guess for me if you think of the time the movie was made as well it was it was very much the kind of I guess that that's the that's the representation you want I guess as your main sort of like. Hero, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, like it's, it's the strong. It sort
0: of goes like we mentioned before about like the escape from L.A., and New York things. But like you know the action heroes of the eighties, the nineties. Those things sort of start to wear off, and that's why Escape from L.A. was a weird film. And then you have got sort of space films. I mean, episode Star Wars episode one came out ninety eight, I think, um, and sort of space. Sci oh, white films. I can't think were getting bigger at that time, but action heroes were been less what Burley meant. And granted, the guy week was in shape, it was more about the action itself.
1: I just, uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think Steven Seagal got into making wine at that point. And he got sticking. <laughs> he was done. Karate chopping people in the head, do you know what I mean? I
2: think there was like there was many there was loads of attempts I think to make you kind of like feel for him as a character like, like when he's like on video chat to his parents and they both get like, yep. destroyed God. by the asteroid and like he showed like little to no emotion you know when he loses his first girlfriend I don't know he's he just, just wasn't like, very oh, he wasn't he, yeah. was, he felt like more like a he reminded me more of like the Terminator.
3: One because it was very <laughs> robotic. Something... The Caleb you said something about this a few other things last week, didn't she? Like the acting can be very wooden sometimes.
0: Yeah, Do you like, think I was actually gonna mention that because, um, one thing that I mentioned actually with thing when she gets um broken up with, he sends it over like, like he gets a CD-ROM in the mail, which is like, oh, here's a CD-ROM. and like, you got interstellar travel, but you can't beam this to each other. I guess radio waves take time, but yeah, I didn't know like, the acting overall is nothing exemplary. The acting is fine. I did think James Richards was pretty bad, though. She's always got this weird smile, and she's always seems a bit vacant and not really sure what she's doing. I think Tyles said the other day that like, like she was I guess, the up and coming sort of like not sex symbol, but it's very attractive female yeah, actress. Yeah, your
1: typical young starlet who was you know pretty small and nice. Yeah, I'll be honest, yeah. You
0: know? but I mean, like, yeah, I've got my like I'm at the bottom. She's married my to Charlie Sheen, you
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> duh, winning. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's like a decade, I think.
0: But Yeah, I'd really, of this film for me, but it's not as cheap as I remember. The practical CGI holds up really well. The uh, action is pretty good as well, for it's yeah, it's a bit goofy. Uh, Whether on purpose meant to be silly, the Mitchell and the Commerce jingoism, patriots, foreign policy, is super jokes, and it is a good in America. And the, would you like to know more? My bad points were it goes on for a bit, about thirty minutes too long. They could have cut a lot of stuff out in the middle. The relationships are developed and just got disregarded pretty quickly, which you spoke about and the acting can be off at times, that was my general in the film. I've got, got a score as well, but I'll do that at the end when we go through out, out of 10s. How <laughs>
1: received. What would we all give it as a film? You used to slap a writing on it I would compare that to Metacritic?
2: I'd say for me, probably a six or a seven. I think to do what Caleb just did in terms of like summary points, uh, what I really liked about it was it was a social commentary that I think is applicable when it was made and I think it's also very applicable in the modern day. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I thought was quite cool that it was still relevant. I think it had like the cheesy B movie vibes that movies of its era and before had. Um, I think the plot itself was a bit like convoluted, um, but I think overall it's a pretty strong movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm floating around an ate myself purely because I love over the top gory films. <laughs> That automatically gets it a high score, even if it was a pile of shit in the writing department, you know? But, um... You know, the fact that it is such a timeless movie in terms of the subject matter, it's kind of satiricising, you know? I think it holds up pretty well in that respect, you know? What about you, Prince?
3: Um, I'd give it a, a solid, like, an arguable seven, because I think watching it for the first time, and I, 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 I agree with Brandon, really, It's uh, as a commentary, it's, it's got very 1984 vibes in the sense of it was, it was relevant then, it's relevant now, and I think it will be relevant in the future as well, because the, the thread that it pulls, the the storyline that's based on. I mean and other stuff around it, I think it's just filler, you can tell it's filler because the main point of the movie, the commentary it's making, I think it's so prevalent and so uh it's so American. I think that's why it'll always be relevant. Uh but you kinda see that there's a lot of sort of not dictatorships, I don't want to say that use that word, but um a lot of governments around the world that are sort of following that lead. I don't say in a good way or a bad way, but they are following that lead of how it's how they're being ruled it becomes relevant globally rather than uh, sort of one pinpoint location in the world which I think makes the movie even more uh, even more interesting hence the hence the score the only thing that brings it down for me is you know it's just just the cheesy stuff and like I agree with Caleb that I think it did outstay its welcome for a good 25 to 30, 30 minutes
1: it goes up yeah it could have been shorter definitely yeah.
0: but I mean overall for what it's, I, what it's, there, it's good yeah
1: I, I give Caleb. it an,
0: an eight, a good ace like yeah the things I said before for the bad points just knock it down a bit Um, But yeah, 8 out of 10. Good film. Bit dumb, but very enjoyable. Um, So,
1: surprisingly, not meta score is 51. Yeah. But the universal score, based on 509 user ratings, is 8.7. Really? So you could argue it kind of falls into that cult classic. It literally says I'm going
0: on to more positive aspects for a Magna in the 2010s. These the oh, emphasis of cool. action elements and analyzed on the indictment of fascism and jingoism. So yeah,
2: I'm going to quote one of my one of my favorite YouTuber reviews. His name is Jeremy John and in, and one oh. of his brains that he gives is this is a load of fun, no alcohol required. Oh,
3: it's <laughs> a great, it's a great man. It's a great reviewer. Yeah, like that, like that little deep dive there.
0: There were some sequels, uh, but I may have yeah, around. nothing I not worth
1: speaking good. about. I think we've yeah. had enough of. Sequels after Escape from LA. You know, Most we're not going to start. No,
2: no, no more surfing of tsunamis there.
1: Oh, mate, that's, that scene still haunts my back. Mercy. People have done in respect of mm-hmm. doing competitive film series in terms of these bonus features. They're going to be single films from now on, I think we can all agree. <laughs> yeah, that was Unless we star. do Lord of the Rings and then we have to do 1, one, two, three. Ah, yes. But yeah, it'd be a while before we, we get to that far. We've got plenty of movies from the eighties and nineties we've got to look at yet.
3: Well, I recently just bought, and Caleb noticed this, I recently bought like a the extended edition four K Blu rays for Lord of the Rings. Oh, the UHD stuff. Like mm-hmm. like, like you wanna watch. So uh any excuse to watch them again to be fair. So American,
2: See, this is American this is, is the point is.
1: where you'd still be good if you still had Wooly's projector, Caleb. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <well. laughs> But yeah, that was uh, Starship Troopers. What a fantastic
0: film, as we discussed. But uh, I mean, we'll have to get sitting on for next time and see what the 80s films we can do.
1: Yeah, well, in terms of the podcast, uh, scheduling's kind of been a bit up and down. As we said, we've had some, you know, some roster changes. Ryan's currently out of the picture for the moment. He's got some stuff going on, but he will be back at some point. Prince will be filling in until then. Maybe yeah. even take over. We never know.
3: <laughs> Thank you. we Thank so, will
1: be a five man podcast. But yeah, um, we're still kind of doing at least one a month. I think we're kind of trying to ominar about what we're doing for the main episodes as well. Like, you know, we've got some good ideas. We want to start brainstorming, you know, and kind of go from there. We can be found in all the usual places where podcasts can be Found. We're on social media as well. Go on to our what is it anchor that we use here because our distribute yeah, platform. Anchor. It's all it all goes through there. So you know whatever your preferred platform for listening to this podcast on is all there. But yeah, I think that just about closes this one off. I'll see you all guys later.
0: Lovely chatting, Starship Truth. Because I'll see you in a bit. Thanks, bit. guys. Take care.